Vicky and I, we spend time in the Word and in prayer every, typically every day. There may be days that we don't. And as we get close to the end of the year and the beginning of a new year, uh, we pray about a lot of different things. Of course, we regularly pray for each one of you. We pray for your families and for what God's doing in your lives. But these last few weeks, we've been praying about, God, what do you want to do in the next year? God, what, do you, what are you stirring in our hearts? Uh, what are you stirring in our hearts for our family? Now, what are you stirring uh, in our hearts for the church? And so I wanted to take some time this morning and talk to you about what God's been ministering uh, to Miss Vicki and I. Now, she's going to come up in just a few moments and share some things that God has given her. And God has given us a specific verse, and then uh, we'll add to that verse. But uh, I want to talk to you about what God has been stirring in our hearts for us, for you. Now, also, I want to remind you next week, next Sunday, we'll do our cards, okay? You know, at the beginning of every year, we do the cards and we write down what we're thankful for. We write down uh, what we want God to do uh, in, in our life this coming year. We'll do that next week. And so this morning is kind of a precursor. It's kind of a little bit of a foundation of what we think God is saying. Then next week, we'll take time to be thankful. We'll take time to write down what we want God to do in our life. So be sure and don't miss next next week. Bring somebody, invite somebody. Uh, we'll have our regular services. We'll do Thursday and two on Sunday, and uh, we'll be back in, in, in with all that, and we'll do that. So let me read you a verse this morning. This is Psalms 4610, and this is the verse that Vicki and I feel like that God has spoken to us in our own lives and, and for you. And let, me, let me read it to you. Psalms 4610 says, he says, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Verse 11 says, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now let me back up to the first sentence in verse 10. This is what God specifically is stirring in our hearts. And it's this, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Now, we believe that God is stirring that specific verse all for us for this coming year. Now, you think about all the things that you faced in 2021, all the things you've had to deal with, all the things that have gone on in your life, and as we leave the old year and we move into the new, God is stirring in our hearts to impress upon us and impress upon you that God wants us to do one thing, and that is be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Now, the word still means some specific things that I want you to see. Okay, one of the very first things it means is to surrender. To surrender. Okay, to surrender your worry, to surrender your fear, to surrender your striving, to, to, to surrender the pressure in your life that you feel like you've got to make things happen. Okay, you've got to make things happen in your life. You've got to do something to get things the way they need to be. And, and the word surrender means to let go of that. Okay, be still, surrender. Another thing it means is to put your hands up. Now, you think about how the international sign of surrender is what? It's this. You know, if you're in war and you face the enemy and they get the drop on you and they've got their gun on you, what do they want you to do? Well, they want you to drop your weapon and they want you to put your hands up. It's the international sign of surrender. 
hey, I, I'm not dangerous anymore. I don't have a weapon. Uh, I've put my weapon down. I may have maybe a weapon in my pocket or maybe a knife or something, but as long as I've got my hands in the air, uh, I'm harmless. Okay, what do the police say? Now, I, I'm not a policeman, and I haven't had any police training, but anytime you watch those shows about the police, what's one of the things they say? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Okay, what is that? Because if I can see your hands, then, then I know you're not going to hurt me. You're harmless. You can't reach for something to hurt me or to attack me. Now, I know if you think like I do, when I think about my hands up, one of the first things I think about is worship. Okay, worshiping God. Now, think about how the Bible says to lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Okay, when you come into church and you worship God or you put music on in your car or you put it on in your house and you worship God and you take a moment or two and you put your hands in the air and you surrender, okay, you let go and you let God, I'm going to be still and know that I'm God. And Father, I lift my hands to you and I'm surrendering. Lord, I worship you and I praise you. When you worship, it's an act of surrender. When you worship, you're acting out, be still and know that I'm God. Now, I've been a parent. I am a parent. I'm, I'm a grandparent. And one of the things that if you're a parent or a grandparent, and you have a small child, what's one of the things that you love about small children? What do they do when they come up to you? They put their hands up. Don't they? They put their hands up. Why do they put their hands up? Because they want you to pick them up. They want you to hold them. And I hope I get this right, but uh, our grandbabies, when they get older and they start talking, they come up to you and they hold their hands up and they say, hold you. They don't say, hold me, right? They say, hold you, because that's what we say to them. We say, hey, do you want me to hold you? Well, then as they get a little older and they start talking, they don't understand the proper language. You know, the proper English is, hey, would you hold me? So they'll always say, hold you. Now, you know how quickly that time goes by with your children. You know that how quickly it goes by where you, you go through that season where you pick them up and you hold them, then they grow and they get a little too big and you can't hold them anymore. And it goes by just like that. Okay, so whether it's a child surrendering or it's you surrendering, be still. Hey, God, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to surrender my worry. I'm going to surrender my fear. I'm going to let go, God, and I'm going to trust you. All right, Miss Vicki, you want to come? Y'all, this is the best time of the year. It's the beginning. It's a new year, and we get to start completely over. And you know, God says repent. And what does he do when you repent? He forgets. Don't you wish your mom forgot, your husband forgot, your kids would forget? But God says he forgets from the north to the south, east to the west, he forgets. And so this is a time when you get to start completely over. You get to start fresh and you get to start new. I love that. I love that I get to start over. I get to start a new year. And so pastor and I, when a new year comes around, we always are reading or studying to to see what word God wants us to use for the new year. Last year, I got one word, and it was clarity. And I asked the Lord, I said, clarity meant to me that when I read and I studied, I wanted things to be clear to me where I could understand it and where I could relay it to somebody else. And this year, as I was studying, 
it was be still and know that I am God. And I told the Lord, eh, I don't, I don't know about that word. I'm not even sure that I want that to be my word. And he said, no, it's be still and know that I'm God. And I thought, well, I better study it out a little bit because sometimes don't you think be still sounds like, you know, take a nap or, you know, it didn't, it just didn't make a lot. There wasn't enough to that to make any sense. And so I started studying out the verses and I went to a translation called the Passion. And this is what it said. It says, surrender your anxiety. And I said, oh, now that makes some sense. Last year, I could have surrendered some anxiety. And be still and realize that I am God. Realize that God is God. And that God is good. And that God's on our side. He's not against you. He's for you. And then it says, and I am God above all the nations, and I'm exalted throughout the whole earth. And what was so cool about that is Pastor and I had been talking about Jesus coming back and how all the nations, everybody in the world is going to know when Jesus returns. And so that began to make more sense to me. And then I went to another translation, and it said, Be still, be calm, see, and understand that I am the true God. And I thought, oh, that, now that's good. It's getting better all the time. It's not just be still, but it's be still and get rid of your anxiety, get rid of your fears, and know that he is God. Amen? So I wanted to share that with you this morning that there's a little bit more depth to that than just be still and know that I am God. There's, there's more to that. And, you know, you may have a word that God has given you. You may have a word that, and, and if you think, well, how do I get a word? Well, when you're reading and when you're studying and you're highlighting things that God's speaking to you, maybe that's your word. And it's not that you hear it audibly, but it's something that you read or you listen to online or whatever, and it jumps out at you, and you think, that's, that's the word God wants me to have this year. And uh, your word can be Psalms 46.10, or you may have a word that God's given you. Amen? Amen. One of the things that we can be guilty of is God is simple. And he's not, a, he's not a simpleton. I don't mean that. But when God speaks to you, it's simple. And so that's exactly what Psalms 46.10 is. Listen, I don't know what kind of year each of you have had. You, I bet you you've had some good times. I bet you you've had some hard times. I bet there's been some times you've been encouraged. I bet there's been some times you've been discouraged. There may be some things that is weighing you down this morning that you're carrying into the new year that you're thinking, I hope this works out. I hope this happens for me. I hope this changes. You may have all of that going on in your life. But as you look forward to this next year, all right, listen, I'm trusting God for a good year. 
Okay, I want us to have a good year as a church. I want us to have a good year in Ground Zero. I want to have a good year in Power Kids as we move forward. I have all kinds of hopes and dreams for this coming year, and I hope you do too. And on top of all of that, God says this, I want you to be still. I want you to trust me. I want you to rest in me. I want you to throw your hands in the air and surrender to me. Then know that I'm going to take care of you. Now, I want to go to another verse that I want to read you this morning and, and that will bring this out a little bit. It's Zechariah 4, 6. Zechariah 4, 6. Now, if you've been around here very long, uh, you know that that was one of my grandmother's uh, favorite verses was Zechariah 4, 6. All right, now let me give you just a little bit of background. Israel has been slaves. They've been in captivity for 70 years. And they were in slavery because they wouldn't listen to God. They wouldn't obey God. They wouldn't do what he said. They wouldn't get rid of their idols. So the Babylonian empire came in, took them as slaves, and took the best, best and bright, brightest out of Israel and took them back to Babylon. And that's where you get the story of uh, Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You're familiar with those Bible stories, those Sunday school stories, that all happens during that time period. And so they're slaves for 70 years. Well, a new king comes in, the old king goes out, and he decides to release them and let them go home. Well, before they were taken into slavery, they sacked Jerusalem. They destroyed Jerusalem. The army did. And they tore down their temple, and they tore down the walls of the city. So 70 years has come and gone. Now, don't, don't let that slip by. Think how long 70 years is, okay? Now, when they were in slavery to Egypt, it was 400 years. Okay, 70 years is not as long as that. But you think about being a slave for 70 years. You think about you get married, you have children, uh, you celebrate your life, your kids grow up, you have your 50th wedding anniversary, uh, you grow old and you die, your kids are teenagers, then they're adults, then they're old. 70 years is a long time. So they're in slavery for 70 years, and then God delivers them, and he gets them out, and they go back to Jerusalem. And God tells them, I want you to rebuild Jerusalem, and I want you to rebuild the temple. And it is a daunting task. It's a mountain of a task. The governor of Israel is named Zerubbabel. And God speaks to him, and here's what he says. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now, he doesn't say this. I'm putting this in. Be still and know that I'm God. Now, don't miss this. Okay, now, here's where I want you to be right here with me. Think about what tasks you're facing in the coming year. Think about your mountains Think about the tests, the things going on in your life, the things you're dealing with, the things you're facing. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What does that mean? God's saying, I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna take care of your mountains. You're not gonna have to strive or fight or worry or fret. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take care of you. It's the very same thing as be still and know that I'm God. Now, let me keep listening to what he says. He says, 
This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, the leader, the governor. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. The word Almighty means the Lord of angel armies. What are you, mighty mountain? Stop right there. What was their mountain? Their mountain was rebuilding Jerusalem. Their mountain was rebuilding the temple, and it had been destroyed, and it was a wasteland for 70 years, and the weeds are tall, and it's full of wild animals, and it's a ghetto. And they've got to go back and rebuild. Listen to what it says. What are you, mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone. Now, that is a construction term. The capstone is like the cornerstone of a building. In other words, they're going to rebuild the temple. And God says, I'm going to bring out the capstone, bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Now, another translation says to shout grace to it. Now, I want you to see this. Okay, they clean off all the rubble, and all that's left is the foundation. Everything else is gone. Have you seen pictures of the fire they had in Colorado? And entire housing additions are gone. They said a 1,000 homes were burned to the ground. Now, that would be like up where I live in the McKenzie edition. Every single house up there is gone and burned to the ground, and there's nothing left but foundations. And that's not even close to a 1,000 houses. Those people lost absolutely everything. Israel lost absolutely everything. And here's what he tells him. He says, bring the capstone or the cornerstone, the beginning piece you know how when they build buildings downtown and you'll be outside on the sidewalk and you come to the corner of a building and there's a stone and it's got engraving on it and it'll say who built it and who the architect was and what year it was? That's a capstone. That's a cornerstone. Okay, It's symbolic of the beginning of the building. The Bible says Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Okay, The kingdom of God that you and I are a part of was started with Jesus Christ. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the head. He's the beginning. Are you with me? Okay, so he says, when you set that cornerstone, here's what I want you to do. I want you to shout grace, grace to it. Here's what he tells him. He says, if you'll speak grace over your mountain, I will make it a plain. I will remove it. What did Jesus say in the New Testament? He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain... Be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. It will be cast into the sea. Listen, here in just a few minutes, we're going to dismiss, and you're going to go on your way, and you're going to start your new year, and probably most of you are back to work tomorrow. I think here school starts Tuesday, and we go back to our lives and back to our routine. Here's what God is saying. Be still and know that I'm God. Trust me. When you come into this place and you worship God, whether it's Thursday, whether it's Wednesday, whether it's Sunday, don't be afraid to lift your hands in the air because when you do, it's an act of surrender. You're a child and God is your father and you're saying, God, I can't do it. Now, don't miss this. When you tell God I can do it, do you know what he says back? Okay, go ahead. This is what he says. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lord, I can handle this. Okay, go ahead and handle it. Listen, you don't want to live your life like that. God is saying to us as a church, he's saying to you as a family, be still and know that I'm God. 
It is not by might. It is not by power. It is by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Listen, what have we been saying for the last two years? Your mountain needs to hear your voice. Your mountain needs to hear your voice. Not God's voice, your voice. And what do you need to be saying? Grace. Grace. He told Zerubbabel, if you'll speak grace to the mountain, I'll tear it down and I'll make it a plain, which means what? I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to help you. And they did rebuild the city. They did rebuild the temple with God's help. Listen, whatever mountain you're facing in your life, whatever you got going on in 2022, you may not know what's going on in 2022. What if you just start declaring the grace of God over your 2022? Father, I thank you that I'm going to be still, and I know that you're God, and I declare grace over my 2022. I declare grace over my children. I declare grace over my grandchildren. I declare grace over our jobs. I declare your grace over our future. God, you're taking care of us. Be still and know that I'm God. God, I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to strive. I bet every single one of you know people who've wasted their lives worrying. They've wasted their lives fretting. I know people who have died in that, literally. They've died because they were worried and they were fearful and they were stressed out and they were worried about what was going to happen. I talked to somebody just the other day, and this man is a little bit older than me, and he's worried about his retirement. A little bit older than me. I'm 66, and I was talking to him, and he was telling me he was worried about his retirement. And he just began to tell me the things he was worried about. And I told him, listen, God is going to take care of you. God is going to take care of you. And he said, well, if you believe that, pay me $5. Well, now, I hardly ever have any cash on me, hardly ever. I, I, I typically don't have a lot of cash, and I just, I just don't always have very much with me, and if I do, it's maybe a couple of bucks. Well, when he said that to me, I happened to have a $5 bill in my pocket. I had a $5 bill, and I knew I had it. Okay, I didn't have five ones. I didn't have a 10. I had a $5 bill. And he said, well, if you believe that, then pay me $5. And I reached in my pocket, and I pulled out that $5 bill, and I handed it to him. And he looked at me like, did you set this up? I mean, you know, <laughs> he looked at me. And, and I know it's not that big of a deal, but it was funny. It was like, it's like God was saying to him, hey, I've got you. I'm going to take care of you. I mean, when Rusty has $5, you know God's doing something, amen? God is on the move, I mean, right? But it was so funny to hand him that $5 bill, and it was just like God was saying to him in a simple, almost silly way, I'm going to take care of you, whatever mountain, whatever mountain you're facing, whatever impossible situation, maybe it's, maybe it's health, maybe it is retirement, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your marriage. I mean, how long does the list need to be? Here's what God is saying to us as we move into this new year. Be still and know that I'm God. I'm going to take care of your business. I'm going to take care of your kids. I'm going to take care of your grandchildren. I'm going to take care of your marriage. I'm going to take care of your job. Be still and know that I'm God. 
when you lay your head down on the pillow at night and you feel like you want to worry, just say out loud, no, Lord, I'm being still, and I know that you're God. And God, I surrender my fears. I surrender my worries. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And God, you're making my mountain a plain. And God, I speak over my mountain and I declare your grace. Paul said in the New Testament that Jesus said to him, my grace is enough. My grace is enough. You know, if I, Vicki and I were talking about this, and I think even Glenda and I maybe had talked about it one time. If I got up this morning and I said, hey, God spoke to me, and he told me that he's going to double his grace in your life this year. Would there be anybody in here that wouldn't be excited? I mean, would, would you think, hey, I'm okay, I don't need that? You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if I got up here and I said, hey, I feel like God spoke to me and he told me to tell you that, hey, this year you're going to have a double portion of grace. You're going to have an overflow of grace. Everywhere you turn around, you're going to see the grace of God. Amen. Declare the grace of God over your life. Declare the grace of God over your family. Declare the grace of God over your job. And be still and know that I'm God. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up and let me pray for you. The Lord's good. Amen? Praise God. Father God, I want to thank you for this first Sunday in 2022. It's so good to be in your house. It's so good to gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, I love you. Lord, I thank you for the word that you're stirring in our heart, God, to be still, to surrender, to let go, to not worry, to be still and know that you're God. Father, thank you for your grace. I declare your grace over every person in this service, over every person who will listen to this service online. I declare your grace, your grace over our families, your grace over our future, over our next year. Your grace is on us. And Lord, I believe I'm not out of line to say that I believe we will see an increase in your grace in our lives. Lord, I declare your grace <clears throat> in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said?